in Joel 2 verse 1, blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let me just explain that because we've got, got to get context there. Many years ago, think about a large army of soldiers. Spears, swords, shields, body armor, and the trumpeter. And in those days, and this is where the imagery comes from, in those days the trumpet would make a certain sound to signify advance and a different sound to signify retreat. Obviously the trumpeter would have stayed close to the commander of the army and been instructed what to, what to sound when. And above all that noise, the noise of battle, chariots and shouting of soldiers, you hear a kind of strangled trumpet sound, a, a weak sound, you don't know what it is, it's not clear, you stop and wonder, is it to go forward or is it to go back? Suddenly you notice the rest of those that are with you uh, stumbling around in confusion, some start to go forward, some start to retreat, and of course that's a key moment, tactical moment for the enemy to, to strike a deadly blow. The trumpet sound needs to be very certain, very clear. And the instruction that the, we're picking up in the scripture here is making a very, very clear sound. And that's something I feel that God is saying to us uh, at this time. Clear sound to the world around about us and to one another. That there is a a definite, it's not, you know, well, did that, you know, I don't know if you ever had this, someone comes to you and they kind of say, oh, you, you know, you know how good you are and all that sort of thing. Um, but somewhere in there, there's a kind of, you know, but there's just this, and, and you go away and think, were they, were they commending me or were they correcting me. You know, it's just not a certain sound. Um, I, I read a book some years ago, just a small book, which was probably suitable for me, um, called The One Minute Manager. And uh, it, it actually picks up a, a biblical theme. A biblical theme is don't nag. It's let your yes be yes and your no be no. It picks up this theme and says, if you're, if you're correcting something, make it very clear that's what you're doing. If you're commending, make it very clear. And don't take forever. It can be done in a short space of time. That certain sound, that, that kind of uh, clarity, uh, in fact, rather like God speaks to us, you know? Can you imagine what night Abraham had when God appeared to him in the dream and said you're as good as... Uh, sorry, Abimelech had when God appeared to him in the dream and said you're as good as dead. That's a lousy night, isn't it? You want to wake up from that dream pretty quick, you know. But God has a way of being very clear, speaking very clearly to us. And I think it's very key that we pick up. Because here's my point. In our care and serving of one another, we do need to be giving a certain sound what we see as carrying God's approval, what we see as not carrying God's approval. 
not, it's not sort of this political thing of sort of fluffing around things, but to be very clear, so that we might further help and serve one another in development. But let's take it to the broader sphere. You know, we have, we're here, come to this place for such a time as this. We have a responsibility to recognize all the things and, and pick up the good things that God's saying in this world. But we have a certain message. We have a certain message about righteousness. We have a certain message about marriage, about parenting, about honesty. You know, if the salt loses its savor, it's of no value whatsoever. We're called to actually be very clear. Now, not in a kind of bombastic way, but in a very definite way to make a certain sound. I'm thinking of this. This is one of the things we're talking about. As the world in which we live in recognizes that many of the aspects of care and training have severe weakness and failed, thinking particularly of some of the schemes of parenting. So there's a huge amount of input and uh, discussion and experts. And it's not a good idea to dismiss any of that out of hand, but what is a good idea is that there are certain things that God has given. There is a certain sort, there is a certain light which we have the responsibility to carry. We have to make sure, whether it's in our personal lives or in our uh, working lives or in our home lives, that we're giving a very clear and certain sound, that we have a reason for the hope that lies within, that we have a clarity and a willingness and a courage in the Holy Spirit to actually stand out and be clear. It applies to the little things. You know, people having a little, in the office, a little sort of uh, gossip, and they come to you. You know, I don't think you need to be telling me that. I think you probably need to be saying it to the person concerned. In any situation like that where we're, we're actually making a certain sound, uh, not being um, diluted to the world around about us. And the good news is that God has equipped us and called us and charged us with that responsibility. Not to be like a sort of God's policeman or uh, traffic wardens or trying to spot somebody that's in default but actually being real willing to say, no, that's not the way, this is the way. Giving a certain sound, knowing what we believe, and living to that standard. Now, <clears throat> bring it back into, into our situation, because unless we are operating with a certain sound uh, ourselves, we, we've got a blunt cutting edge when it comes to taking the role that God has called us to take uh, in this earth. And I want to uh, take a little time to pick up something which is a term we don't even use very much, uh, but it's something that was familiar to those of you who've been around rather longer. Uh, the term of covering. And 
essentially, it's, it's a word that's loosely used. But it's talking about protection and care. And in order to protect and care, there needs to be uh, a willingness to exercise some measure of authority. You know, if you saw a parent with a heart to protect and care saying to little Jimmy, uh, would, you, would you walk, would you think about walking on the pavement rather than in the middle of the road, Jimmy, please? You'd think that parent needs a dose of something, you know? The little child wanders to the close to the road. There's an authoritative, don't stop. What I'm saying is what the Bible's saying. There's a place for us to be exercising in the context of protection and care, a, an authoritative anointing to fulfill the role that God has given us. Now, uh, I need a little help. So it looks like Phil and Wilco would serve me well. Phil and Wilco together are the doorway. So let me see um, if you sort of... Could have a lopsided Yeah, lopsided doorway. <laughs> if you sort of stood like that, yes? Yeah? Now... Now, I am wanting to enter the doorway, but the devil... (laughs) (laughs) ...can obstruct me. I'll put some effort into it. Leg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there are truths and there are directions and there are things that God gives us to do. And there is an enemy that seeks to obstruct us. But I want us to understand also there's the other way. It's still the enemy at work, but it can be different. And I'm now going to go through the doorway. Thank you, doorway. What am I showing? Number one, clear obstruction. We understand that. Number two, an exaggeration. We're going in the right direction, but there's an exaggeration. There's a, an emphasis just enough to push me past the actual place. And once I go past the actual place, I may have gone in the right direction, but I'm in error. The accurate place is going through the doorway. This is a teaching that we, we don't really mention it very much. Um, and those of you that, that can remember back would remember some weird things that people got into. But uh, all I have to say about that is we once went uh, to the supermarket and bought some milk. And when we got home, we found the milk was off. So we threw it away. We didn't stop drinking milk. We didn't give up milk. We just recognized that was bad, and we get, sh- get shot of it. We don't want it. Yeah? Yeah, we're big boys and girls, and we, we can understand those things. So 
visiting something which is primarily about protection and care, but with necessary authority, is, is very, very key. And I want us to get that firmly in our thinking. Um, that leaders provide a source of protection. I don't know, that idea, I don't know if it, it would be uh, explicitly taught in the New Testament, but I know this, um, it's certainly assumed, uh, and it's particularly, when you get into Hebrews, it's particularly and very clearly, very definitely ratified. It's not a passive role. Uh, it's a very real role. And uh, we look at that scripture um, in Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Example, we just heard one, Claire, this morning. She wanted to do one thing, but she recognized part of the role of her husband is there as a covering, as a protection and care. And so he said, no, you should keep on. So she keeps on. What was the end product of that? She gets a better job, a better place, with having gained the additional experience that she needed. What I want us to understand is when God puts these things there, they're there for our good. And when we say we believe them, if we don't practice them, we're sort of balmy. Uh, but it's his purpose that we are doers, not just hearers of the word, that we actually live in the things that he's given us to do. Okay, so uh, through the scripture... Um, protection comes time and again from those that are called by and submitted to God. I want us to just look briefly, Old Testament example. Um, by the way, let's just remind you, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture was given for our benefit. And of course, when that, when that was written under the direction of God, it was primarily the Old Testament. There wasn't much else uh, to be talking about then. So we've got to take it that all scripture uh, is given for our benefit. So there's Abraham and Lot. And uh, they're walking together. Uh, but the consequence that we see uh, as somebody, in this instance Lot, moves out of that protection is trouble not only for him but for his family. See, God has a pattern. Um, if you look through the scriptures, he arranges things according to, to his pattern. He had kings. Um, there was an efficiency. People were brought into cities. There was natural relationship. There's a pattern of caring. Uh, and the nature of caring uh, is really important. Just look for a second at uh, Luke 22. I want us to just refresh ourselves of these things so that we can 
uh, embrace the practice uh, fully, not just the idea. Uh, these are the disciples uh, with the Lord. Also a dispute, um, this is Luke 22, verse 24. Also a dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you're not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest. And the one who rules like the one who serves. See, we, we have a, a God pattern, a biblical pattern, which is completely opposite to this world's pattern. This world's pattern is uh, uh, that the, the, the greatest is the one who is like in charge. But we, we follow a servant king, the one who came not to be served, but to be the servant of all. So there's a, a complete reversal of the attitudinal position. Um, protective relationship, caring rather than bossy. Therefore, authority is not the first thing, but rather protection and care came first. And of course, Lot stepped out of this situation and uh, lost that covering relationship, lost that protection against the spiritual and the natural. Now, I recognize some of you won't know the story, but I don't want to spend a lot of time going through the story. Um, but uh, let me just pick out a few points. Uh, they're sharing the same land, a dispute arises, and Abraham uh, gives Lot the opportunity to go which way he wants to go. He chooses what looks to be the best and moves off away from that relationship, away from that covering. Now, this is not... a <laughs> not a situation that says Abraham was always the best. Uh, Abraham made some pretty dubious decisions at times. But he was following God's purpose. And uh, uh, it was out of that godly uh, environment that Lot moved to become a victim of an ungodly environment. He ends up being the victim of fighting, uh, put under enormous pressure in Sodom, Essentially, uh, a couple of angels come uh, uh, as men and the local inhabitants come uh, uh, trying to uh, force their way in to engage in homosexual relationship with these men. I mean, it's a dreadful place, Sodom was, rather like most of uh, certain places are today. He then exposes his family, uh, in order to uh, protect the men, he offers his own daughters. I mean, you know, this stuff gets pretty awful. Uh, he still hears from God, gets messengers from God, um, even though he's, he's left that godly environment. And then, sadly, in the end, his wife ends up caught up in the disaster. Uh, his daughters are frustrated in their legitimate desires and seek an illicit way to satisfy themselves. And incidentally, the end of the whole thing is they give birth to Moab and Ammon, who become thorns in God's side uh, for, the, for the ongoing period of time. So that's a pretty extreme and a pretty... But, you know, what are we going to do with it? If all scripture is given for our benefit and for our instruction, 
we can't, we can't live in a world where we only pick up, oh, and it all ended happily ever after, and all the nice, warm and cuddlies. We've, we've got to pick up all that it says and recognize that God sets, sets an order and he empowers us to actually gain the benefit and follow that order. All right, what do we see from that? Abraham wasn't a great man of judgment, but he was following God, had a shepherd heart. Um, and actually, those around him continued to be safe under that covering. Um, you've got to think that there wasn't a great strength in relationship, that that, that could, uh, there was a weakness there that they could part. And the greatest effects were sadly felt by Lot's family. So how does that come to us? Um, oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you. This is going to end up in a question and answer session. I meant to tell you that at the beginning. Never mind, surprises, nice. And you know the question and answer situation. If you don't answer, ask the questions or give the answers, I'll do both. So if you want to break from that, you've got to be you know, ready to jump in. So. How do the principles apply to us? Well, see, God doesn't want us to know the, the, the theory and not live in the practice. All right, point I've already made. The problem is, if we only live in the theory, you know what happens? We develop a kind of um, bureaucratic system. And that is not in the heart of God because God is essentially relational. Um, in fact, it got so, so rough, he had to send Ezekiel and challenge the whole basis uh, of, the, of the care and covering um, because it, the whole bureaucratic thing had taken over and there was no, no real relationship. But, as we already looked at in Hebrews, uh, there's a new criterion. Um, new criterion offered for, for justifying obedience of leaders and that of, uh, of watching for souls, watching for the souls and offering and protecting safeguards. It completely changes the thing. It's looking out for the good of, moving away from this uh, limited bureaucratic system. Of course, in order for that to happen, there needs to be God at the heart of it and a relational involvement, not the bureaucratic system which is completely futile and useless. You know, at all times, representing Jesus, we have to make sure that we don't misrepresent his heart attitudes. You know, it's, it's the heart. And remember, no matter how good we are with words, we actually... We do communicate what we are. You know, we, we can use all sorts of words, but it's the heart that really gets communicated. And that's very key and very important. But in Jeremiah, he tells us, uh, I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you knowledge and understanding. 2 Corinthians talks about us being ambassadors for Christ talks about giving authority uh, in order to make disciples. And uh, here's an interesting uh, reminder, but it actually goes back into Proverbs 27. 
uh, says, be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Do you know what that word actually means? It means the face. We, we, we can't ever let things down to a kind of numbers and, and things like that, to actually know people. Um, and this applies not just to, you know, well, I can describe the face or I'm good at drawing, I could draw the face. It talks about actually knowing the person and uh, being able to uh, understand and empathize and respond with the mind and heart of God in that situation. Now, of course, as we said at the beginning, um, sometimes it's necessary, whether we're talking about being a certain sound in the world around about us, or a certain sound in our community or in our homes, it's necessary uh, to speak with a variety of ways of encouraging. And just interesting uh, to look at some of those uh, ways. All described, I've got all the scriptures here. There's the one rebuking sharply. That's not one that we need. It's not often that needs to happen. But we need to be prepared to do that. As I said at the beginning, if we're doing it, it needs to be known that that's what we're doing that there's a knowledge this is what's happening. Um, but then there's also, and I just, I want to share this with you because I find this very interesting to give the variety of being real before God and expressing his heart. Reprove, rebuke, and exalt with all long-suffering. I don't know how long, but <laughs> long-suffering, you know? Um, and uh, meekly instructing uh, not striving, but be gentle to all men, forbearing, patient. Uh, and as we looked about not lording it over. When the Bible talks about ruling, you have to use, um, the, the, probably often the more accurate translation would be resolving, bringing things to resolve, not allowing issues to continue and there's a, a whole raft of scriptures about that so I, when I was looking at this I probably won't have time now because I want to give you time for the questions and answers but um, when I was looking at this uh, I was uh, I just read through the chapter in Hebrews 13 it starts off like this Keep on. Funny thing, isn't it? Keep on. Keep on. Keep on. It's not, it's good that you did it, but keep on. Keep on what? Keep on loving each other as brothers. Yeah? That's what God wants. Keep on. How are you going to do that? Well, let's come back to where we started by what we were looking at last week, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Guys, let's not reduce the Holy Spirit to some kind of warm experience, uh, a certain meeting or something like that. Holy Spirit is given to us to live by and to empower us to keep on loving as brothers, amongst many other of the things that he gives us 
instruction to do. Don't forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some people entertained angels without knowing it. Do you know what strikes me as a more exciting way to live than a kind of social sort of existence? Entertained angels. Hmm. Problem is, you don't know it. You don't know it. So you have to rely on the Holy Spirit to lead and direct. I'll perhaps come back on that. All right. Uh, questions and answers, and then we'll come into some worship together again. Um, are you undercovering? Children and the families, wives towards husbands, people towards the leaders? If not, what, what do you need to do? Are you clear about a certain sound? Are you giving a certain sound in a giving situation? Are you giving options when you should be giving an instruction? Are you saying, maybe it might be better if you played with your um, toys uh, on the pavement rather than in the fast lane of the motorway? An option. Or are you giving a clear instruction? I was thinking about this. Um, and uh, I got a question. And uh, one of the grandchildren came and said, could they play with their computer game? And as far as I was concerned, yeah. But it suddenly struck me, right, the parent may have uh, a kind of way of timing how long or something like that. So I said, well, actually, I think you best ask your dad. And I think that suddenly struck me. It's what we're talking about. Not recognizing that other people couldn't say something, but recognizing I am under the protection and care uh, in a given situation. If you're undercovering, you'd know who, but how do you know? How do you know where God is placing you? That's why it's important that when we come together, when we join in as part of this covenant community, we give everybody the opportunity to understand what we're, what we're about, what we're talking about. I want also to be clear that we believe in the practice, not just the theory of that, and we must have a certain sound. We must be clear. Are you clear, um, wives, that you're under the covering of your husband? Are you clear, children, that you're recognizing the particular protection and care that God gives as a responsibility? We're not talking just a natural thing. We're talking God's order. We're talking a particular authority, wisdom, ability to see and care that God empowers as we function properly. What does it mean to be in that place? Well, I guess it means that you've got to be 
open and teachable. They're coming for you, clear. I seem to be asking the questions and answering them. Shall I carry on? Okay, Steve first. Good question. Seemed like three, but it, yeah, 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 yeah. Always like someone with initiative. <laughs> How do you know? You notice that we want always, let's take church first. We always want to be open and welcoming. But we don't go on a major recruitment drive because we want people to come to a, a certain a rest, a peace. But this is the place. And when we say this is the place, not talking about a building, we're talking about a joining of hearts. So there's a, a, a recognition, a willingness to accord that level of protection and care to the leaders that are established and appointed. Um, that doesn't mean to say that there's not inputs from other people uh, and very valid inputs, but that particular place of who is, has got the watch over my soul, I think is a the, the Hebrews 13, watching over our soul. Very important. Of course, in the marriage thing, um, that's, that's established as part of marriage. And uh, so that, that's how you know, you, you know you're not going to say, well, I think... Uh, I choose, uh, my thinking, do I choose? Do I choose you? choose who you marry? No. Oh. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as I'm saying, when you choose to join the community, you're choosing that covering that exists. You can't say, I'm going to bring me own with me. You know? <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't restrict it to one person because the, the scripture indicates the plurality. Yeah. Of course, there may be a relationship with one person in particular, but through that you're accessing the plurality. It's important that we keep that in mind because um, that's a scriptural principle as well. a principle of the kingdom so it could be applied but it ha would have to be that the person who is gaining the benefit of it sees it and seeks to access it um, and is therefore open and vulnerable to receive that input but I mean it always has to be that way round it can't be imposed but I think outside of when, as I said to Steve when you join in on the, the kingdom community you're actually saying yes I'm embracing that. Um, Penny. Um, I, I really understand the picture of the uh, devil. Oh, didn't you? I made that up myself. <laughs> <laughs> when you give an illustration of the devil, I think it's a 
Yes. Truth, truth can be obstructed, so you can't actually really embrace and enter it, but actually can be exaggerated beyond the point of accuracy. That was the whole point of the... would apply to anything. If you take something which is a basic truth and exaggerate it, then actually you lose the basic truthfulness of it. That's the point I was making. I'm really disappointed about that. It's the first time I've tried one on my own without Jamie doing it. I won't do that again. Each man to his own anointing. Good point, good point, I got it, good point. The whole essence of discipling is not discipling of a person, but discipling them into Jesus. So uh, when, when somebody says, uh, I'm discipling so-and-so, I'm discipling people or I'm covering people, it's basically bringing them into that place of dependency and relationship on, on God himself. Good point. Yeah, very, that was, it's very important we keep clear. Annabelle. Annabelle. Uh, they have messengers from God. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? What do you think of the children of Israel? They're getting miracles left, right and centre and they're walking in rebellion. See, let us never think that, you know, something that God does to help us, to bless us or to speak to us is on the basis we're, you know, is a seal of approval on what we're doing. That's the grace of God. Yes, yeah, a young lady over the back there. Can you try it in English for me? <laughs> Okay, yeah, good point. How do we make it not just an in-house sort of homemade doctrine? Because it's absolutely um, founded in the scripture. Uh, because others may not practice it, it doesn't alter the fact that this is a biblical principle. And we're committed to, to never being content simply to know, but we're committed to do what we know. So it's... If you see an, a thing and it's founded in the scripture, then it's not just an in-house idea. Yeah? No, let, me, let me just say that again. Um, the... When you, when you feel that God is joining you into this particular body, uh, there are leaders that are established who have been charged with the responsibility. So you're basically coming under 
their uh, protection and care. Now, in the same way as we see in the scripture, that sometimes is worked out through delegation. Like, for example, uh, God has charged me with the overall responsibility. I have a core team who are the senior leaders, but then again there's the uh, pastoral team, there's the uh, group leaders or children's workers, whatever it may be. So there's a, there's a kind of cascading. Now, don't confuse that with the fact that within uh, that there may be particular relationships, particular things that you're, that you're uh, connecting with somebody. You know, Jesus did that, and I think we're safe to recognize that, but we're gaining the benefit. Um, see, if we operate like this, if there's something that we're not seeing a resolve, let's say I'm working with somebody and we're not seeing a resolve, it doesn't end with me. You know, we believe in, in sharing and referring and gaining the benefit of the wisdom in the body. Some, did I see someone over there, Mona? Judy. Some of these examples are so way out, you can't even imagine them. <laughs> Theoretically, yeah. yeah. If I disagree with somebody that is protecting and caring for me, using the term covering, does that mean I've stepped out of covering? No. No, no, no. What it means is this. Claire disagreed with Anthony. But although she didn't really want to, she decided that she would respect that he may have a wisdom from God in the matter. I'm sure she didn't always put it in. Oh, no, Claire probably did put it in those terms. But <laughs> So, but we're not talking about a kind of authoritarian state where um, when I say jump just ask me how high on the way up you know it's not it's not that kind of thing there is a place of appeal there's a place to reason and work things through there's a place of coming to a, a point of peace in God in the matter um, and there is the whole issue of what we, uh, what we talk about in working through when there's things we disagree on. At the end of the line, there is a place of saying, I believe that these people or this person is charged by God to have a particular role of protection and care. I'm going to be very, very careful if I'm going to go in an opposite direction. I'll be very convinced that this is... This is a faith place to go in a different way, in a different direction. So that's very, very key. All right, well, you did pretty well with that. Um, let me say one final thing. I uh, just actually touched on it. Um, that in all this, you need to know and believe this is what God wants. It's got to be a faith position. 
It's, it's not something that can be imposed. It's something that has to be embraced. But we have to recognize the weight of Scripture. We have to recognize, listen, listen carefully, because I'm coming back to that first point. God wants each one of us to be able to make a clear, a certain sound where he places us. Whether it's in our family situation, our work situation, our school situation, that we're actually able to demonstrate and to bring what God wants in that place and in that situation. Not something that's fuzzy and fluffy, but something that's very clear and very strong. Because that's what he's called us for. He was very clear and very strong. Yeah? So this is to help us. We've been mightily blessed of God. Uh, we have people who love us, care for us, serve us. We've got a rich heritage of good things. God is using us uh, in the community and in the world beyond anything that we could imagine. We're living in an environment where we love, care, and serve one another. We have so much to be thankful to God for. Not proud, not in terms of a kind of superiority, but in humility recognizes God is good. God has been good to us. And what's more, he ain't done yet. He's taking us to a next level. And he's preparing us. And these things, certain sound, clarity of covering, are things that help us to come through to the next level. Is he worthy to be praised? Yeah? Come on, let's take a little time to praise him.